Welcome to Jimmy Zen Reads, Philip Brent, Celtic Fairy Tales, Duffy and the Devil. It was cider making time and the Squire Lovell of Trove rode up to Burian Church Town to ask for boys and girls to help bring in the apple harvest. As he rode through the village he heard a great shrieking and screaming coming from Janie Chingwin's cottage. As he arrived at the door he saw the old woman beating his stepdaughter Duffy about the head with the skirt of a swing-tail gown in which she had been carrying out the ashes. There was so much ash in the air that Squire Lovell nearly choked. What's going on? he asked. It's Duffy, the lazy hussy, said Janie. She's always out with the boys and she'll never stay in to boil the porridge, knit the stockings or spin the yarn. Don't believe her, Squire Lovell, said Duffy. My knitting and spinning is the best in the parish, and she ran a hand through her long black hair as she did so. Squire Lovell liked the look of Duffy, so he said, If you are so good at knitting and spinning, you shall come home with me. My old housekeeper is almost blind, and such work is beyond her now. Jump up behind me, Duffy. So Duffy jumped up behind him and left her home without looking back. When they got to the squire's house, the old half-blind housekeeper showed Duffy up to a room in the attic. It was piled from floor to ceiling with fleeces of wool. If you'll just spin these for me, dear, said the old housekeeper, that'll be a start. When Duffy was left alone, she sat down at the spinning wheel and cried. For truth to tell, Duffy was an idle girl and had never bothered to learn to knit or spin. She had never thought she would have to, being so pretty as she was and having such wheedling ways. Curse this spinning and knitting, she said. The devil may spin and knit the squire for all I care. Scarcely had Duffy spoken these words when she heard a rustling noise behind the wool and out walked an odd-looking little man with strange eyes that seemed to flash with an inner light. He had a funny twist to his mouth, like someone who could see a joke that you couldn't. He was dressed all in black, and he stepped towards Duffy with a jaunty air as if he was going to ask her to dance. I'll be glad to do all the spinning and knitting for you, Duffy dear, he said. Thank you, said Duffy. I shall do the spinning, and you shall be a lady, he said. Thank you, said Duffy. But there's only one thing, said the little man. If after three years you haven't found out my name, you must come away with me. How hard could it be to find out a name? Duffy did not hesitate. Thank you, she said. I agree. In that case, said the little man, you only have to wish and any work you will need to do shall be done. So Duffy was able to spend her time lazing and lounging and occasionally summing up the energy to sing a song. And all she had to do was wish that the fleeces had been spun into yarn or the yarn had been knitted into stockings and it was done. Everyone said that they had never seen such fine work. Squire Lovell swore he would never wear stockings knitted by anyone else. He could wander all day through the bushes and briars, through firs and through brambles, and stay as dry as a bone and never get a scratch. So now Duffy could play the fine lady as much as she liked. Half of each day she lay in bed, and the other half she spent at the mill, where... All the ladies of the parish would gather together to tell stories or dance while their corn was being ground. 
When Duffy was there, the miller could usually be persuaded to soar away on his old fiddle, so there was music for her to dance to. Sometimes the miller's wife, old Bet, kept time by beating on a sieve covered with sheepskin. Now old Bet was a witch, and she was the only one who noticed anything odd about the stockings Duffy knitted. There was always a stitch down, so old Bet kept her eyes open, and soon she learnt the secret of who did Duffy's work for her, but she did not tell anyone. Duffy was now regarded as the best catch in the country, and young men came from all over to woo her, so the squire, who didn't want to lose someone who could knit such wonderful stockings, married her himself, and made her Lady Lovell, but everyone still called her Duffy. Duffy kept the little man hard at work, stockings, fine underclothing, bedding, quilts, and even tapestries were produced at her command, and passed them off as her own. Duffy was as happy as could be, except she was never very comfortable about being high and mighty Lady Lovell. She spent more time with old Bet at the mill than in her drawing room at the Trove, and, as for the squire, he didn't care about anyone or anything as long as Duffy could keep him supplied with stockings, and he could go hunting every day. The three years had nearly passed, and Duffy had tried every way to find out the devil's name, but she could not. Duffy fell into despair. Every day she went up to the attic room. There he was, caping and cackling and saying, Soon you will be mine. When at last the gleeful little man said to her, Tomorrow you will be mine, Duffy did not know what to do. Finally, she confided in old Bet, who said, I have known all along that there would be a price to pay for the help of such an imp as that, but don't worry, if you'll let me help you, all will be well. Old Bet told Duffy to bring her a barrel of strong beer from the cellar, and then go home. She was not to go to bed before the squire came home, however late it was, nor was she to interrupt him, whatever he said. When Duffy brought old Bet the barrel of beer, she tucked it under her arm, along with the sieve she used to beat time for the dancing, wrapped a red cloak about her, and vanished into the night. Duffy went home, and waited and waited for Squire Lovell to get back. By and by, his dogs came home without him. They were covered in foam, and their tongues were hanging out of their mouths. The servant said, that they must have met the devil's headless hounds. It was after midnight when the squire finally arrived, like a crazy crack-brained man he kept singing, Here's to the devil, with his wooden pick and shovel. He said, Duffy, if you had seen what I had seen tonight, it would make you split your sides. And then he sang again, Here's to the devil, with his wooden pick and shovel. At last he quieted down enough to tell her the story, I had been hunting since dawn, and never started a hare, the live-long day. I was just coming home at nightfall, when I saw old Bet from the mill, trudging past the pipers towards Down's Main. She seemed to vanish, and suddenly there was a hare, careering along, and the hounds were after it. What a chase! On we went through water and mud, until last we came to a broad pool of water, and the hounds lost the scent. They ran back past me, howling and jowling, terrified to death. Just as old Better told her, Duffy did not say a word. Squire Lovell continued, 
I went on, and just around the corner I saw a glimmering fire, and gathering round the fire were all the witches of St. Levin. Some were riding on ragwort, some were riding on brooms, and those who had been to Wales to milk the cows were riding on great leeks, and chief amongst them was all better self, with a sieve in a hand and a barrel of my own best beer slung across her shoulders. Still, Duffy did not say a word. The witches all blew at the fire, and it burned up into a brilliant blue flame, and by that flame I could see an odd little man dressed in black, twirling his long forked tail. Bet struck a sieve and beat time as the witches all sang. Here's to the devil with his wooden pick and shovel, digging tin by the bushel with his tail cocked up. Then the devil and the witches began to dance round and round to the beat of the sieve, and each time the devil passed old Bet, he took a good swig of my beer. Still, Duffy did not say a word. At last, the devil staggered and fell over, and he lay on the ground singing, Duffy, my lady, you'll never guess what, my name is Terry Top, Terry Top Top. Still, Duffy did not say a word. She turned pale, and then red, and then pale again. Why aren't you laughing, Duffy? It was the funniest thing I ever saw in my life, said the squire. And Duffy did laugh, the first true light-hearted laugh she'd laughed for many's the day. Next day, Duffy took care to wish for such an abundance of spinning and knitting that she would never want for any stockings or linen again. Then she went up to the attic and the little man appeared. Well, Duffy, my dear, he said, I have served you faithfully for three years as we agreed. So now I hope you will go with me and make no objection. He bowed low and his funny twisted grin broke into a broad smile. I'm worried that your country may be too hot for my complexion, said Duffy. It's not so hot as people say, Duffy, he replied. Now, come along. I have kept your word, and as you are a lady, you must keep yours. Can you tell me my name? I'll give you three guesses. Is it Lucifer? He stamped his foot. Lucifer? Lucifer? I wouldn't give him the time of day. Try again. It is perhaps Beelzebub. Beelzebub? Beelzebub, a distant cousin of mine. No more. Try again. The little man was so full of glee that he danced around Duffy, whistling and cackling. He made as if to seize her by the waist and drag her down to hell. Stop, 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 shouted Duffy. Your name is Terry Top. The little man looked at Duffy, and Duffy looked at him. Deny it if you dare, she said. I do not deny it, he said. My name is Terry Top. It is not my name. That is generally down to earth. And I did not expect a young minx like you, Duffy, to guess it. But you have beaten me, so I must take my leave. And with that, Duffy's devil vanished in a flash of fire and a puff of smoke, and she never saw him again. The End <laughs>